Good afternoon, everybody, and welcome to Sharpen Perspectives, episode 17. Uh, I am Jim Vandeveld of HMC Knives and HMC Manufacturing, and I am joined today by my co-hosts, Ken Spaulding of Zodiac Engineering and Alex Steingraber of SPK Unlimited. Uh, what's up, guys? How's the day going? Oh, wonderful. It's going. Yeah. Yeah, just running. Day before Thanksgiving. Been running all mornings. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, you guys have been running. That was actually our constraint today to getting started was both of these guys had their machines running, whereas I have yet to do uh, almost anything at all since we returned from California uh, a week and a half ago. Um, thank you last week, Ken, for holding it down with the solo episode going over the Rev, N or Rev A changes for the datum. Um, yeah, it was cool. I was, yeah, that was, I didn't actually get a chance to listen to that podcast, but um, I think that regardless of if it was even... If it was the worst podcast in the world, it's still a podcast. And thank you for getting it out because I yeah. was d literally dying and Alex was busy. So you held it down and uh, we can't thank you enough for that. But no, it was, yeah, it was cool. It was fun. Yeah, I, I actually recorded it a couple of times because I was like, I recorded one and I was trying to keep it real short. I'm like, yeah, hey, I just don't want to have a gap, you know, in episodes or a gap a week sure. or whatever. And uh, so I recorded some stuff and then I, I finished it. And I'm like, that was fucking stupid. <laughs> so I ended up redoing the whole thing and it was actually much better. And it was actually longer <laughs> the second time I did it. So a lot more cool. focused. I feel like it was cool. Uh, you were getting it, getting it out of your system at first and figure out it's yeah, hard to just yeah. like talk by yourself for like an extended it, period of time with no, yeah, cause I, yeah, I had no idea, I had no direction or anything like I, and then, uh, you know, after going through it once, I'm like, all right, this is actually cool. I'll talk about all this rev stuff. Um, cause I didn't want to talk about CCKS or anything until you got back on here and sure. um, talk about, and I didn't want to go over any of the auction stuff like in detail or anything until yeah. kind of we both, cause we both went through it and hell yeah, man. And uh, well, I so, appreciate yeah. you holding off and waiting for us to get back. No, to it health. was cool. Plus I've been able to send it out too. Like I've sent that episode a bunch on Facebook cause a bunch of guys, now that I'm working on the Rev A stuff, guys are like, what are the actual changes? I'm like, here's a fucking half hour video. Yeah. It, this, this explains <laughs> almost everything except I forgot to talk about the blade uh, or the bearing changes, but so mm. I made another, I made another little like 10 minute video, a little, a little addendum. I, I try and make like, all right, I'm going to do like a, just a short one minute video, you know, Instagram short or stories and whatever. And they end up being like 10 minutes very, very easily, very quickly. Oh yeah. And, uh, it's you the same thing. A, like, there's yeah. A, there's a piece of software called cut story and I record my videos just in my phone and then you can upload them into cut story and have it it'll cut it up into whatever sections you want so like i'll oh, say nice. instagram story like 60 seconds or whatever the limit is and then it'll split splice it up and then put it on your phone in 60 second or 30 second increments and then you can just upload them that way rather than nice, trying to cool. have the conversation within the constraints of like holding the button down and running out of like time yeah. so that's cool and then you can that. upload instagram will let you upload 10 stories at a time too so you can just select them in batches of 10 and upload them rad um, i gotta do nice. that for sure cut story i'll download that for sure yeah cut story it's works really idea. good but uh cool yeah so uh today was my day my first day back uh I, w I came out here last week one afternoon for like two hours i had to finish some shit up uh and ship it overnight to get it to uh, one of my customers so like i like literally had to drag myself out here i was just like sitting in this chair dying like i actually cut a second set of jaws and I was cutting the parts in both machines because I couldn't stand the idea of being out here for four hours. So like, just like <laughs> started running them in both. But, um, yesterday I tried to get out here. It's funny, man. Like, you know, I'm not throwing up no fever or anything anymore, but like I get exhausted so fast, you know, like, and it was um, like, the shop was a wreck from like CCKS prep. And like, I just, I, I walked out here yesterday and I was just like, 
I couldn't do it. You know, like I just couldn't, I couldn't deal with the chaos. I, I ended up like getting on the, on the phone with uh, Creo one more time because I just continued to have issues integrating uh, Creo onto my new machine, my new computer that I built. And I've probably spent like six or seven hours on the phone with them. This is going to be, this is really embarrassing, really embarrassing. So I was dealing with this guy. I ended up sending him my configuration files, which kind of like it, it handles like every small nuance setting that you have, like within the software from like your UI to like where, you know, your posts are stored and how they're retrieved to like where your posted files. I mean, there's literally like a thousand settings in here that over like the last 10 years, I have like my own config file that I always upload. But the problem was, was that like when I would load the config file, none of the pathways that I had spelled out inside of the config were working. And it was like being superseded by some other default config. So I couldn't actually use the software like I'm used to using. And I had like dealt with all these applications guys. And like, I was just having all these problems and nobody could figure it out. And so yesterday, uh, a dude that I used to work with came over because he was like handled all the Creo stuff in my old job. And he like, was like, I was like, dude, I need you here. I can't figure this out. Well, he starts looking at my config and he's like, well, the problem is, is that you're running this folder off of like your pathways in, in your config are coming off of your C drive. But the file, when you put the your file in there, you didn't put it in your C drive directly. You put it in your program files. So there was like one little file in the pathway oh, that yeah. there that was like it. Like if you looked at them like, like quickly your eye doesn't pick up that there's like one extra, like your folder is just a subfolder. It's like one folder too deep. So I had all these app guys from Creo and like going through, they didn't, like <laughs> nobody noticed it, you know? And like literally like six or seven hours of like team viewer conversations with like going through all this shit, trying to make it work. And I literally just had to copy it and back it up one folder and paste it. And it worked. <laughs> you think they would so, have a default like format for the path? Well, so that, they and do then, like, see that there's an extra... But what you don't, what I don't realize is that like my shit is set up like the way that my old shop used to do it. So these apps guys are looking at it like, why do you have it set up like this? And like my response is like, well, it's just how it always was set up, you know, but it's like kind of a dumb way. And uh, yeah, so it's working now, but that was all the bandwidth that I had yesterday to solve that was like, okay, this (laughs) is running. Now I'm going to go inside. And uh, so yeah, today was the first day that like, I kind of like actually got back to work and I'm trying to just get the shop ready so that after Thanksgiving, I can come back out here full force. I like kind of got hit with the post show laziness of like, I made a good chunk of money and like, I felt like shit. And so then I ended up just taking a few extra days and now I'm like, okay, you got to pop yourself out of here and actually get back to work. But that's how it was um, for me after makers for a week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, you don't think we realize like how much of yourself you're putting into like that prep. And like, no matter what, whether you schedule the downtime or not, it, I think it ends up inherently being there. I pretty much everybody says the same thing, whether you get sick and you're forced to take the downtime or you're smart and you just plan to take a few days off. Like, I think it's a necessary reset for sure. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And your, and your (laughs) body will force you to do that at some point too. I've been in that situation where I just like, especially in the beginning of the folder, uh endeavor it was like i was just working so much and my body was just like nope you're staying home today bitch and it's just like, yeah Damn it's, it. it's true man that's <laughs> honestly that was something like people will say like i don't know how you do it having five kids or i don't know how like kids when i was used to work a ton of overtime i don't know how you're working 80 hours a week and it's like 
I mean, it's conditioning. You know what I mean? It's not like anybody, uh, like you don't have five kids at once. You don't all of a sudden go from working 37 and a half hours a week to working 80 hours a week. It's just like you just slowly or it's like anything. You're just pushing your threshold for what you're doing, you know? And um, I think that uh, the same thing holds true for like recovery also. Like you don't just need a week and take a week. It's, well, I'm going to take a day and then, well, I need two days. And the more you do, then the more recovery period. You know, it's just, it's kind of like finding what your, what your balance is, but yeah, this right. was, uh, this show was great. I, for those that don't know, um, so Ken, there was a show in Los Angeles. Well, actually it was in the Valley. It was in Woodland Hills, uh, the California custom knife show. It was like a week and a half ago and I was vending it and Ken drove up from Anaheim and he actually worked my table with me and he, uh, brought, um, the final datum Rev NC um that he made and he made an ultim show scale for it and he also brought um an ultim challenge coin and and uh slingshot with an ultim inlay and he did a a little auction and i actually was very excited that you brought um everything up because i think a lot of people um at that show are now aware of what i've known for quite a while and that's that the datum is a very special knife um and i think that it was really important for you as um a maker to be able to share that with people that are going to appreciate it and i loved watching um guys like bill koenig or i mean even like any any of my friends that were at the show like being able to like look over the datum with like a thoughtful and understanding eye and to watch them kind of like drink in the details and appreciate like the small and very dynamic parts um of that knife and i think that that was cool for them to experience it, but I think it's also cool for you. I know that guys at makers were able to take a look at it, but I think that you probably noticed that there was a, a lot of people at this show that are kind of like knife connoisseurs. You know what I mean? That like were able to look at that with it from a different perspective than a bunch of collectors of hype knives like that at makers had. Did you notice it was that? A totally, it was a totally different feel of people that were at the show for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I not to discredit or take anything away from anybody that was at makers because that was obviously an awesome show. Everybody there was awesome, but it was a very different tier. I feel like at CCKS when you've got, when you've got guys like, um, Tom Mayo and Terzula and them like walking the show, um, you have actual like legends in the industry. I feel like at least, you know, as long as I've been in it, um, guys that are that have tables and that are just walking the show looking at other people's stuff tashi was sure. there there was a bunch of like guys that i've watched and looked up to for you know 10 plus years making knives that are at tables just you know down the same aisle as us it was a definitely a, it was a different vibe for sure uh both of them were awesome i i think like personally at least my crowd is kind of more makers uh from maker syndicate um just because i think more of the makers were more of kind of our style or at least my style oh for sure um, but it was definitely, it was a great show. And I think because tables seem to be, you could just buy a table, right? If you want to be there. Yep. Um, I think it, as long as, you know, things keep going as, as they are now, I would love to have a table next year for sure. Yeah, I think you would Some do well I definitely there. want to talk to Sako about. Um, it's, dude, it's a very interesting um, group of people, right? Because like you said, you have your, you know, your Mayos, your John Grays, you know, guys that have been in the industry for a long time. Um, but then you also have guys that are crossing that bridge. Like, you know, Edison was at Makers. Obviously, Edison had the table both at Friday Night Blade Affair and he had mm -hmm. one at CCKS. But he's kind of bridging both, right? Where 
he has this like very high end custom stuff handmade in a lot of facets and then he also has like a machined a fully machined like line of knives that like he purveys like and he brought 12 to ccks you know where he's machining bevels and you know doing tons of inlay stuff and like you know fully machined knives i think we're starting to see that transition um and i think that ccks is going to be a show because it's in such a populated area and such a big customer base that you're going to see that as almost like a transitory show where you're going to see both sides of it like you're going to have a combination of guys like you and alex or guys that are fully handmade and kind of everything in between um but i do really feel like the amount of people that were there like supported pretty much everything at the show you know that's the nice thing about having yeah. so many people in la is that like there was just a lot of people at that show you know i feel like the room was three times four times the size of the maker's room you know and to mm. me a lot of the time it felt like just as full you know there was a lot it of was packed through those doors it was packed sure. the whole time and there were i mean there were guys that were there all day long that were walking around you see the same guy walking you know multiple times and they would stop every single time and talk to us yeah um, dude so it was really cool. Um, something you were just talking about that I wanted to touch on, but um, yeah, it was like people seeing the datum. There was actually one guy, um, which was really cool. At least you know, for me, obviously, it was. He stopped and was looking at it, and he was like, "This is my favorite knife out of the whole show, out of sure. every single <laughs> knife that's on every single table." He's like, "This specific knife is my favorite one." He's like, "I can't afford it, but <laughs> I love it." Yeah. And hopefully, one day I'll get one. And Dude, uh, sure. it was cool. he was a younger guy. He was probably our age. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, he was there. I think it was his girlfriend or whatever. It was it was just cool. Like completely all different walks. I feel like different age groups, different styles. The The cool thing about it is that the even though it felt like it was kind of, it wasn't really like there were cliques or like groups of guys. There kind of was just kind of how the tables were laid out. But yeah, um, you could basically go up to any table and everybody there was cool. Everybody that came to our table was cool. You don't really get like five, six, 10 years ago, there was like this huge hate on machine knives, no CNC, you know, and uh, everybody was tagging all that shit. And it was like, there was like this weird stigma about using um, CNC machines specifically for making any kind of part on your knife. And yep. now I feel like that is at least it seemed like at the show, like, no one was talking about that. No one had anything to say about any of that stuff. People don't nah, seem man. to care as much anymore how your things are made as long as you're making it. Yeah, it's a it's a moot um, point at this point. Yeah, I think a lot of people are really realizing that it's not the easy way out. Uh, it's not like a, a sh it's not really a shortcut. It's just a different set of skills and a different set of tooling. Really, and yeah, I think it know, was we've talked about that a lot. We were in the minority. You know what I mean? Was that yeah. like? I think that now as people as makers in a career setting have matured people just mm. realize that without the help of a machine that like you're really only hamstringing yourself you know like yeah. by proclaiming that you're never going to use one you're pretty much condemning yourself to have to use your hands for everything for the rest of your life and, like i think guys are just realizing that using it as a tool one improves your product two gives you a little bit of a break and three like makes it that much more consistent you know? so I think it was. I think we all knew it was only a matter of time before it got there. It's not if it was when, you know, and that the guys that didn't like the idea of the machine were the just dudes that hadn't utilized them yet. You know, I, yeah. I have had like somebody who will come into the shop, then watch how a knife is made, and like, man, I need to 
get figured this out. I need to implement this. I need to do this. And it's like, yeah, dude, like this, this is the future. And it's like, and it's not some new technology. Like it's been around for 40 years. (laughs) It's been around longer than we've been alive. Yeah. 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 (laughs) But like, but at a consumer level, like until 10 years ago, like it wasn't really possible for a hobbyist to like get them. I mean, even like, like how many, I, I don't even think the infrastructure was in place for like a guy that wasn't in the industry to like approach a machine tool sales or distribution place to like even make that purchase. You know what I mean? Like, I don't feel like you were taking, taken seriously from like financing companies. You know, it's like, if you weren't a big shop that like wasn't established, like Joe Schmo with a garage, wasn't walking into Yamazin and like buying a Speedio, you know, it's just that yeah, wasn't exactly. really a thing. And now like, I think that these machine tool dealers are understanding that that is, is more of a thing than ever. And they're like catering their process for purchase and they're making it like buying a car, you know, mm-hmm. like being able to shop rates and like being able to, to kind of like purvey, you know, the machine in that way. Like, Oh, there is a huge demand for like the one-off guy in the garage that wants a machine. Um, it's more approachable than it's ever been. And it's like, you know, I think of it like is the first time, well, the only time that I bought knives from China was like, how do you even contact the Chinese to like get a production run of knives made? And you had to like get an email from a friend and have him CC you to their purchaser. And like, it was like really convoluted and like kind of like sketchy. And now yeah. like you could do it like tomorrow as formally as you wanted. It's just, it's one of those things that's just becoming more commonplace and like the methods for doing it are becoming more available. So yeah, I think it's only going to become uh, more and more available Um as we go forward. And I think that the stigma surrounding it's just going to continue to diminish. We just need like more makers doing it. You know, that's really all that it comes down to is like everybody that's ever hit me up to ask me how to get into CNC. Like I'll give them the list. Here's the stuff you need. Here's what you need to buy. Here are the options. Here's how many, if you want to do it my way, here's how many tool holders you need. Here's how many college you need. Here's the, yeah. You want to do it? Go ahead. You know, like, Mm -hmm. and I think that we just need to continue to support guys making that transition. and like, in a lot of ways, I feel like standardizing it, uh, it's, it's kind of like bikes, you know what I mean? Like the more guys are doing it in a similar way, yeah, the end product will be different. But like, if you can standardize the processes within an industry, like, I don't know, I think that that could be pretty cool. You know, you could almost have like plug and play knife making CNC style. Yeah. yeah it'd be so, pretty cool. There, <clears throat> there was a, uh, there was a guy years ago, um, not somebody that I follow or support or anything anymore because of some things that have happened over the last couple of years that the whole entire industry found out about. But sure. there was a guy that had um, a very basic knife model on his website that anybody could just download with solid models of it. And really? uh, I remember, I remember downloading that and um, I thought it was the coolest thing. Cause you could literally, you have solid models of every single part of the whole entire knife. It was ugly. It wasn't a, a great you know knife and looking back on it, I don't think it had the greatest lock geometry or any of that kind of stuff, but it was cool that that was available. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that would be something that would be nice to do kind of an updated version of that. Um, especially if it's like a fully parametric file within fusion. Sure. Where you have a very, very basic blade profile. It doesn't have to be anything that resembles anything that I would make. Um, but just like a, just a simple knife that has lock geometry in it, that has a lock relief that has all the proper kind of ge- uh, geometry and dimensions and things in it that somebody can just download and they, if they want to make it they can make it just literally yeah. straight off those files um <clears throat> you know or print it or or whatever and that would be something that would be easy to make too if you wanted to make blanks 
because there was some talk about it was like probably 10 years ago about somebody it was a manual guide he's like i wish i could just buy rectangle blanks with a heat treated rectangle blank blade that had mm -hmm. lock geometry in it and the the tie had the lock bar cut out, out of it already <clears throat> and all i need to do is just shape everything and throw some primaries on it and it, i can make a knife out of this blank and uh it would be pretty cool i think to do something like that at some point too not that i have time for it but um, yeah it's just an idea though you know when you're talking it would be about cool. You know, whether we're talking about like from a community perspective, you know, what this looks like or what Ken's, the Ken's yeah. holding, you know, brand looks like going forward, having like a plug and play, you know, I, I thought about that too. Like you could even have it all programmed and you can just say, Hey, if you buy a Pearson mini pallet system and a dual station vice set up like this, here's this yeah. file with all the CAD and all the cam and like you can make this and then see how it works and then adapt it all for yeah, like your <clears throat> own design, you know, but just to have yeah. that in standard i actually thought about that like you know even if you were helping people implement like new machines like hey i want to buy a machine and i want you to help me get started making the knife it's like okay well i already have all this design i can go through all of it with you and then then once i'm done being or working with you then you can sit back and and, and apply your own design to it um yeah I, I could see that as being a marketable option for sure yeah, I think it'd be cool, especially if like for making YouTube content or any type of long form content that really gets into the weeds on this kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, designing that very specific knife, I think, would be a cool project project for that. Uh, for sure. We're doing a lot more like longer videos lately. Um, I did one last week of a tool breakage detection program that I did on the Haas. Mm -hmm. And it takes the breakage cycle, the stock running shot breakage cycle, at least on my machine, is about 25, 26 seconds. Um, and I just wrote one from scratch and found some of the signal. Um, some of the signals in there for probe on or probe if the probe is triggered or not um, and utilizing some of that and then some jumps in the programs depending on if the signal is tripped or not um, it basically checks for a pullout and it checks for breakage detection and it does the whole entire thing from home down does a rough pullout a fine pullout a breakage detection and sends it home and it does that all in four seconds um, mm -hmm. compared to tw about 25 26 seconds um, so obviously it's way faster, but I ended up taking a video of it um, and posting it on Facebook and a bunch of groups and stuff. And it was one of those things where I, I thought it was going to take, you know, a one or two minute video and it ended up being 10 or 12 minutes. Um, it's very, very easy to make longer content like that. So I think doing some like knife design work like that would be actually a pretty cool project. Um, mm -hmm. I've thought about it briefly before, but actually talking out loud with you guys is kind of paved some of the pathway for that. I think it'd be fun, fun to do that. Oh, and yeah, then make those right. files available if somebody wants them at the end. So I think that's cool. a great idea. I like to put out a little bit more content for that kind of stuff. Cause there's so many people that hit me up at the show. Like, Hey, uh, can I, can I hit you up about doing some stuff? Like I want to, I need help with CAD work. I need help with this or that. I'm like, you guys aren't very far. Why don't you just come to the shop and book a day and we'll just hang out for a day and we can go through fusion stuff. We can go through setup stuff. We can go through literally whatever you guys want. If you want to pay me my shop rate for a day, I'll turn everything off. I don't care. Yeah, you know, it's, it's the, the same, same thing for me. I mean, aside from like wanting to make more progress on the knives, but I, anyways, I threw that out to a couple guys, and the guys that I talked to are actually extremely interested. Yeah, or try and cool. line that up with days when you know that you're just going to be running something like today. Yeah, you know, like yeah, just, exactly. Hey, we're going to do computer work together, but in the yep. meantime, like hey, every forty-five minutes, I need to take two seconds to load another. Yeah, I got to swap. Yeah, double dip. You know, and then that, that honestly, like <clears throat> that gives them exposure to your process. You know, they can be looking yep. at your stuff and how you're making it, and like you can just book one or two days a week or five days a month or whatever for like that kind of stuff. That'd be sweet. But, uh, be nice. Yeah. Yeah. You live in an area that's enough people that like, I feel like 
you actually could have the demand. Me in Erie, Pennsylvania, there's not that many people that are going to come walking through this door. But um, yeah, so, I honestly, yeah, no, I, I would be willing to bet <laughs> that you would you would have people be willing to fly in for that too. You know what I mean? Be like, pretty cool. Yeah, if they, they put themselves sweet. up in a hotel and you do it as like a, a two day thing, you know, yeah. it's been five grand or, you know, 3,500 bucks between a hotel, a plane ticket and two days of shop time. But like they probably walk yeah. away with quite a bit of knowledge. So, yeah, it'd be cool. Yeah. Happy to share all that stuff. There was a couple guys talking in the Facebook group about like, dude, how do you, he's like, I forget who it was. So anyways, he was saying, he's like, it's really cool that you're actually sharing this much information publicly and all these details and like talking about dimensions and talking about like why you do certain things for lock geometry or whatever. And uh, some of it was from the last episode uh, 16 going over some of the red a changes and then a video that I did for the bearing pockets and stuff, but it was cool. I'm like, why gatekeep any of that stuff it does me no good if I die tomorrow. Yeah. You know, so <clears throat> I don't want to give away like, you know, personal secrets that people have, you know, showed me or things like that because it's not my information to really share. But a lot of this stuff is already out there publicly. It's just, scattered there's no yeah, good it's not concise it, it's there's not... none of yeah and it's and there's a lot of a lot of it's been skewed over the years too so it's it's kind of nice to be able to uh pull some of the information especially now that i'm using a lot of that information and realizing some of it was trash yep <laughs> you can really kind of filter through that stuff so no for sure man i think that's a great Anyways, idea yeah but uh be cool um to wrap up with uh ccks just to put a pin in it yeah 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 um i Definitely want to thank everybody that stopped by. Um, there was a lot of uh, familiar names uh, and faces, and you know it was great just to have conversation. And I, I appreciated you being there, um, being able to field stuff for guys. And um, I just think that the show overall was a, a smashing success, and I'm looking forward to doing it next year too. But um, yeah, going forward, uh, just to touch base on what you guys got going on, I know that. Uh, Alex, you're preparing to make available the LMAX bladed uh, Lamia stuff, right? Oh, yeah. So I got that all. Uh, 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 uh. Oh, very nice. Somewhere in there. Got to get Alex's uh, camera. It, somewhere in there. This, uh, yeah, potato quality. But yeah, LMAX. So came back from Heat Tree. It was right on, right within spec and all that stuff. And <clears throat> I did this method of like, there's a lot of guys that have these hammers with a uh, like a carbide ball brazed into the oh, yeah. back of it. So I got like... two of those. So I have a bunch of carbide end mills lying around. So I just ground like a curve into the into one of them and use that to kind of bend things back. Worked pretty good. How out of flat were they? Not terrible. Not terribly out of flat. <clears throat> Some of them did kind of uh, potato chip a little bit, but. I think because they ran a higher temper, a little bit higher temper. So I got to talk to them about that. But other than that, everything was pretty flat. How much stock do you have? Do you have your, is your thickness finished before heat treat? Or are you typically like, are you leaving stock to have the surface? The so these, finished, ones, these ones were final dimension. Ooh, and then going scary. forward, I think what I'm going to do is, Machine everything, heat treat, and then go back to double disc grinding and just have it finished that way. I just didn't do it that way before because I did everything. Like I did all the heat treating in-house, so it was like a little bit easier to keep things flat as opposed to, you know, relying on a company to do it. But yeah, going forward, it's going to be double disc grinding is going to be the last step before it comes back and gets machined. 
So are like, you just uh, like tumbling them finished? Like, how are you achieving the finish on your flats? They're just tumbled. Interesting. So you yeah. just machine everything hard and then just tumble them so they're just a homogenous uniform finish, like tumbled finish? Yeah. Interesting. You're not having any centering issues at all with uh, like having your pivots finished before heat treat and then having like a little bit of warping and shit that you're peening out, like everything's staying pretty straight and yeah, everything's staying pretty straight. And then I lap ever I lap all the pivots after the fact. So interesting, because I was figuring that if you were like peening them, if they were a little bit whatever, like trying to hand satin the flats, like I hand satin everything after surface grind and everything. But yeah, that would be really hard to do, even if you were like peening them into place, like getting them to be flat enough to. To, to hand satin the flats would be hard. So I guess tumbling. Are you blasting before tumbling or are you just tumbling straight up? Just tumbling straight. This tumbler is like insanely more efficient than any tumbler I've ever used. Damn. That's yeah, it's dope. like, it's definitely worth the money. nice, dude. It's so nice. Like I just, yeah, like it has the heat treat finish on it from, you know, heat treat and I throw it in and it, it removes the all of that finish and makes a uniform finish on everything. It's insane. How long are you tumbling for? 30 minutes. What? Even the five Jeez. minute samples and stuff that you were doing were ridiculous. It's like four yeah, 30, hours in my little tumbler with ceramic. Yours is like five minutes, the same finish. Yeah, it's 30 minutes and it's at 375 RPMs and it's like pretty solid. And then on this, <clears throat> on these, because I have that stupid tab on the spine, so I whack it off on the machine and then whack it off. And then um, I tumble it and then I finish, like, finish grind that little piece out and then get it on the deburring wheel and, like, make it uniform and then throw it back in the tumbler for, like, five minutes and it kind of cleans up the spine and kind of blends everything together and it's done. See, I've been trying to figure out how I want to do this because I'm going to start be. I'm going to be beginning to release transients on a weekly basis starting in like the first week or two of December. And like, I'm trying to figure out how I want to finish them. You know, like, do I actually, do I take the time to do it how I've been doing it, which is like satin flats and satin bevels, or do I like just go the route of doing blasted finishes or tumbled finishes? Like, I don't know what the move is, you know, like I don't, I don't want to devalue what I'm doing. Like I, I'm, I'm nervous that like if I do some like more, some easier finishing processes in the name of just producing more knives on a monthly basis, that in some way they're going to like be devalued. People are going to look at that as like, oh, that's a lesser version. You know, maybe they won't care at all. I don't really know. Like, do I want to do some yes, acid yes wash and stuff? no? You'll you'll probably run into that. Yes, yes and no. <clears throat> but I feel like again, you're separating out your full customs versus like it's not like a lazy finish it's like hey it's, in the sake of time and quantity i i want to do these finishes like a working finish yeah and get them in people's hands so the quality's still there but now i you can reserve your you know custom finishes for those you know, those pieces that you bring to shows and stuff like that, or the question you know, is, how, do you, do you change the pricing? You know what I mean? Cause it's like, <clears throat> you know, yeah. <laughs> a I, little I, bit. yeah. Like the thing is, is that like, it doesn't take all that long to do like the finishing, like it could be a half an hour difference. You know what I mean? So it's like, do you take that extra half an hour knife or do you do it? Do you not take it? And then what do you do? Decrease the, cost by like 50 bucks you know what i mean like i don't 
it's not like it's getting so much less work that it merits like a 15 or 20% price reduction. You know what I mean? It's just right, right. something different. And the problem is, is I've backed myself into this hole because I've always done the full finish on every knife I've ever done. Whereas like I look at a lot of guys like maybe Cody Usler, for example, that's like doing a little bit higher volume and he has a lot of stone washed finishes, you know, and he has a lot of acid washed finishes. And like, because my stuff has never had that, you know, I have to find a way to market it. I, I might just say, no, this is just an alternate finish style that I'm doing, you know, and like make it not spin it as being any less quality or value. You know what I mean? It's just like, no, this is just a different aesthetic that I'm going to be offering for right now and kind of see how it's received, I guess. It's not a bad thing, I think, to have op options. Yeah, I don't think I it's agree. really a lazy finish anyways. I mean, tumbling mm -hmm. parts or blasting them, it just depends on what the user wants the knife for. It's like, you know, I carry this Lamia that's all tumbled and I don't feel bad about cutting stuff with it. I don't feel bad about scratching it because I know that the finish is easily recreatable. If I needed to, I could throw the parts in the tumbler if I wanted to. Yeah. Um, or I, I just, I just don't feel bad about scratching it. I know that, um, like that datum that I did at the auction, I, that was the only blade that I had blasted out of all the datums that I made the first 15 mm -hmm. and it got scratched at the show, got handled for hours. And it got broken in really, really well. The action was the best, I think, at the end of the show out of all the ones that I made. Mm -hmm. um, but it got scratched. So I brought it back and I had to refinish it. And yeah. realistically, I think it looks nice. It's a really nice matte blasted finish. But it's more work for me to actually blast a blade than it is to yeah, simply throw this on the... Work. Than it is to actually throw this on the belt and put a grain on it. Sure. You know, or on the paper and put a grain on it because I know if I scratch this thing again, I can just, I can just throw a new grain on it real easily. Yep. Um, and the issue with blasting it, taking it apart and blasting it, has actually changed the action again. Um, it wasn't anywhere near as broken as it and as it was. It wasn't broken in really well at all um, after that. So um, you almost need to like it, create a it, it plug was, or something, a blasting plug that covers your detent track. Yeah, you know, yeah, so for that, sure. I have some here. They're little uh, Delrin plugs that I can throw a, a bolt through it. It's like a 1024 bolt. It fits through the 316 bore. Um, and it, it covers all the detent track. It doesn't cover the lock face or anything, but um, it covers most of that stuff. But uh, yeah, I think moving forward, if I end up doing more blasting stuff on that, I'll probably do go that route and cover some more stuff up. Having a 3D printer like Alex just got yeah. to would make it super fucking easy. But Alex got a 3D it, printer? When did he get yeah. Did you get a bamboo? Course. Yeah. Damn, dude. I, I really you, was. He sick. just I brought didn't... it. Look at his little cup holder. Did you print that thing? There you go. Yeah, I just printed that today. Fucking Alex, bastard. <laughs> dude, I need. I want a bamboo so bad. Dude, they're on sale. They're on sale right now. They're on sale. I'll tell you the exact one to get. You'll be happy with it. Trust me. How much are they on sale for? Just get the X1CC. It's the carbon. Uh, yeah, just the get X1 the X1 carbon, carbon combo. Don't get the stupid thing. For, don't get the stupid like add-on with all the filaments on top. No, no. Don't do get, get that. that. Yes, get that. Yes. Oh get my god. That. Get that. I, I didn't get it because I was do... just like, it's just too much. No, get that. It's only like a couple hundred bucks more. It's like three hundred. It's thirteen hundred bucks right now for the full uh, carbon combo one. So yeah, with on, that one, you could put you could put different filaments in it. Sale. It'll automatically change. You can always add it later if you want. Damn, it was um, on yeah. sale, isn't it? For thirteen hundred bucks. Thirteen hundred bucks, dude. That the was free one. Filament that was... gift is no longer available due to limited quantities. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's good. Yeah, and they're on sale too, so they're probably cutting yeah, stuff out. Uh, get the X one C combo. Because then you could print supports, you can print um, alternate colors or different materials in the same thing. Um, 
it's going to be way more efficient, especially if you want to do supports. How much does which, a spool of filament cost? I have 20 looked, bucks. But it depends on what you want to get. I don't want any of these lame colors. I just want monochrome colors. Oh, I just get PLA, get PLA tough then. Get PLA tough and get whatever, like, base, like a black or gray. Just order it right now. That was one lotto knife ah. for you. That was one first come, first serve. So it, it's good. knives all did handy. fucking awesome at the show, by the way. You never really hyped yourself up about that. Your auctions, <laughs> your two auctions were fucking huge. Those things went really well. Yeah. The lottos were stacked. There was what I think seven, around seventy people, sixty-five to seventy people on all so of like your nine lottos. Pages, nine pages worth yeah. of people on all your it lottos. Pretty, it was pretty. The good. First come, first serves were gone in thirty seconds from the doors opening. Yeah, uh, so pretty good show. Yeah, I was talking to guys in the Discord, and there's a lot of guys that uh, in my Discord it was fucking that, awesome that yeah. ran to your table and missed out by like one. Yep. There was a line. Second. There was there was a yeah. line of guys. They're like, dude, are they gone? Are they gone? He's like, yep. there's two guys at the table right now, and each one are holding one. One guy was like, I don't even give a shit. You were here first. You take whatever one you want. I'll just take whatever's left. I don't care. And mm -hmm. uh, it was cool. Also, and I don't mean to brag for us as the Shin's sharpening perspective humble, but... crew, but there are a ton of guys now that need to get the trifecta, so all of our knives. Yeah. Is that a there, thing? I think there's, I think there's one guy now. with it's, one, right? It's, it's starting to happen. I think there's it's one a, guy with one. I know yeah. one guy that's got um, a green. I think he's got the green transient. He's got his uh, datum up for sale right now on the Facebook group. I haven't asked him why. I hit up one guy and asked him like, "Hey, no hard feelings, no sweat. I'm just genuinely curious, you know, why you're yeah, selling yeah. it." You want because you want that feedback. I just want some feedback. Like, is there any? Is there anything wrong with it? Uh, like, right. I'm not. I don't care. It's totally fine. You can buy and sell whatever you want. I mean, no one that sold one seemed like they were like a flipper they didn't seem like they were literally right. buying it for profit or anything um, oh you're talking about jonathan harrington yeah and i haven't talked to him about it um He'll i know he's got you. it up for sale yeah i should just hit yeah. him up because he was very he was he was him and i talked a lot when he first got it he's uh, super yeah, he's, super yeah, nice super, guy. yeah super he's chill. awesome super cool guy for sure um i just haven't hit him up about it um but, that uh, yeah, the, is, i think so he does have, yeah, he's got all three then. He was the one guy that I think had all three. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. But yeah, the first guy was like, oh, it was just a little big for me. He's like, I, mm -hmm. I love it. Everything on it was fucking awesome. He's like, it's yeah, just a little bit big. He's like, I need to get on. Version. He's like, whenever you make an S, he's like, I'll buy another one. And then another guy bought, he sold one. He's like, I have a grail knife that I've been chasing for years. It's available. I sold off all my stuff to buy it. Yep. And uh, sorry, but I, I really, now that I have this other knife, I wish I never sold yours. <laughs> so Oopsies. it was kind of cool. Whoops. Um, Why can't they make the bamboo X1 carbon in the black of the the cheaper one? Yeah, yeah, I wanted that too, but yeah. Honestly, that one's cool too, though. It, it doesn't matter which one you get; they're all going to be good. But the the X1C, um, you're going to be able to print a lot more materials with it, um, and then having the uh, and it has all the stuff, and it has an internal camera that you can check on your phone with an it's app. Dope. It's, it's the way to go right now for sure. It's so baller. I had oh. a I had a pre order for it. I, I had a pre-order for the uh, the Prusa XL, thirty nine minutes, um, like two minutes ago, or two minutes ago. He's talking about minutes, like two years ago. Um, and then I ended up just canceling it. I'm like, fuck, the bamboo's out. Prusa's taking absolutely forever for this thing. I'm not gonna sit yeah. around and wait another two years for it. So I just canceled that thing. Um, yeah, I think as soon as these datums are out, I'm gonna probably order one of those X one Cs. Yeah, I gotta. Yeah, just do I it right now. Work. You could have it. You could have the confirmation email before we're done on this. You thing. said I PLA Matt PLA basic. 
PLA tough. Yeah, PLA tough. It's PLA and no, it's I'm got a little PLA bit of PLA sparkle. Okay. PLA. Okay. Oh, PLA tough. Okay. What's the what's why is that good? It's just got a little bit of, you know, added toughness. Toughness, I guess. I don't know, and it's easy to print. You just guys get whatever using fusion to print or like what do you Is no, there a different software it comes that with people a, use? Comes with the software. It's got its it own slicer. Its own slicer. slicer. You can model really? everything in Fusion or whatever, and then you just drop your models in there. What yeah, you can ex- like? STL. STL. So you export out of you can. So I mean, you if you could, got, if if Creo can export as STL, you can do that too. But since you have this you new computer, and I think we're coming up on this. I am at the literally, deadline for Fusion. I think we're at the deadline for Fusion right now. So you spent He's downloading six it today hours on the phone with Creo apps, guys. Oh, I messed up doing that. Yeah, you spent six hours talking to Creo apps, guys, wasting thousands of their dollars just to. Mm-hmm. Uh, Download Fusion and finally jump on that. <laughs> just do it, you dude. Right click on a body. And you got just no more export excuses. It, export as mesh and it'll export as STL, and you load it into your bamboo, and then you can just hit print. Does it it's figure out simple. how to like do all the support stuff on the inside? Like, yeah, it figures it out. I think there's some set. <clears throat> there's some settings in for bam- that. You can customize it if you slicer, want. You just you just click run supports, and then once you slice it, it'll it'll throw the supports in where you need to throw them in. It's Dang. stupid easy. Okay. All right. It's so like you really get, It's literally get plug that, and play. It's about as good as it gets. Um, and if you get that combo on top, you can actually use support material that comes off way easier. So just do it, dude. Just fucking do it. I would do it too, but. And you can print your kids' toys and cup holders. I'm not printing. Now I got this cup holder. Anything. My buddy printed me uh, when he got one of his first printers. He printed me a uh, Oreo holder that hung on the side of sung, uh, hung on the side of his coffee cup, and there was a stack of Oreos. <laughs> Hudson walks around it now in his belt. Printed fixed blades. Dang! When did you get this printer? Oh, the other like I think it was last week. I got when it. you were in a coma. When I was last in a week? coma, you were in your yeah, coma I don't want to bring last it up. week. Well, I have. Yeah, it okay. shifts from New Jersey, so you'd have it in like. Three days. I'll have it by Monday. You'll have yeah. it by the next episode. And you'll, you'll also be have on it Fusion. By next week. It shipped super go. fast and it got here super quick and it was like Check really out. good packaging and it was. Should I buy the working. filament right now? Yeah, buy it right Might now. as well have something. Yeah. It comes Just with get some whatever. filament. <clears throat> it comes with some filament, but you want to buy filament. It's like buying really a printer tough. that comes with ink that's good for like two sheets. Mm. Dude, they really silver, gray, black, pine green. Matter Hackers yep. has a lot of really cool filaments too. I don't want to jump on the internet because I think it that's what messed up my recording last time, but I'm gonna do it anyways. Mm. And Bamboo is not a sponsor of this podcast yet, but not yet. Um they really hook you up with like all the stuff. Like they give you an extra hot end. <laughs> they give you like extra wiper thing because it automatically cleans the nozzle and all this other stuff they give you like all the lube in the world to lube up the the rails and stuff or the ball screws but um yeah dude it's 100 percent worth it speaking of lubes i want to talk to you guys about knife lube stuff today too i need to order some stuff super lube that's that's the way to go for sure super lube way to go they got liquid right. and they got grease and they're both it's both tef- teflon base it's all like food grade 
all this other stuff. It's and it's cheap. It's good stuff, and it actually has a safety material data sheet. Nice. You said Harbor Freight has all the other stuff. Harbor Freight sells it. Amazon sells it. Um, You could also buy it right from their website. You can get it in a fifty-five gallon drum if you wanted to. Good. Does Home Depot have it? I gotta go there and get some lights. They do not. Home Depot 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 actually has. Home Depot actually has four foot LEDs, um, similar to those Harbor Freight ones we were talking about, and they're actually cheaper than Harbor Freight, which is very surprising. Um, And they're linkable too, so I'm gonna grab three of those today. I got a. We got a birthday party this weekend. I want to get the garage all cleaned up for all the dads. So while Jim is uh, ordering his new printer, yeah. So we got. I'm just going to finish up what what I had going on. Um, the uh, L Max Lamia. <clears throat> yes. I might make a change on it. I might not. But uh, the L Max engraving kind of hang you can't even see it but it kind of hangs out it doesn't make the blade sterile anymore but it kind of sticks out a little bit it, it it's sort of bothering me but not really i'm uh, probably gonna let it go you, um, you just change it? it you've got four digits right now right it's just elmx yeah, I, I could probably put three in there and it would fix it but i don't know I just don't really feel like doing it and just um, do it dude it's gonna bug you later if you don't do it yeah, you're right. I've already engraved Just do it. a bunch of blades already, though, with it. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I'm gonna I'm gonna take a look at it and see how I feel about it. But anyway, um, yeah. So just finished up 112 uh, op one internals, and then working on nice, getting dude. through all the blades. And I think I'm gonna have over a hundred for uh pre-order friday so this week um so yeah just trying to i got literally all the hardware oh and one one thing too is like i contacted steve um at uh tie connector they said they're working on bearings they're gonna have them in a couple of weeks but in the meantime i ordered 120 sets of skiffs from steven yeah, and he is he gave me a sweet quantity discount and is shipping them today. So nice. All these Lmax mm. Lamias, the first run of them will have skiff bearings in them. All right, it's done. It's he done. He did it. Nice. He did it. Okay, now go order mine for me. All right, yeah. here you go. Santa Just Jim. There we go. <laughs> With uh, nice, all, said, all said and done, it was cheaper than what it would cost before the discount so that's what exactly. four schools of cool colored things nice dude congratulations i need I to guess. jump on this train man noise i just want it for like organization shit that's all really i'm going to be doing is i don't want it for anything else life. i don't want to prototype anything i just want to be surrounded my existence to be sur- you know who's done doing so many things that i want to make is dylan tanner Every day he's oh, like yeah. posting stuff to his story of like, <laughs> yeah. I made this magnetic box for my my precision stones. And like, he's sending me all these like weird things that he's making. And like the surface finishes are like satinly beautiful. And like, yeah, they're nice. Dude, yeah. Like I even like, like making little display stands, like for my table. It'd be you know rad I mean? for the show. Fuck yeah. Dude, that'd be so cool. Everything would be 3d printed. Yeah. yeah. This is going to be a problem. You can actually print, you can print text in there if you wanted to with a separate I 3D printed this, this freaking cell phone holder. <laughs> <laughs> everything. Boom. <laughs> there we go. 
<laughs> well, it's awesome. more incentive for Ken to finish the datums that he has working on right now. Yes. So that I've he got can get 17. Bamboo. What do I got? Well, I, I, like looked at my, I, I like looked at my bank account and I was like, oh, I thought I had this much and I had this much. And I was like, I better spend some money because I don't want taxes to, you know, come around and we need, I don't to, buy that little, we need to buy that little Swiss, dude. If you're serious about it, let's just do that. I'm dead serious. You tell me when and you invoice right. me and then I'll just throw out my credit card and I get points. All right, let's just do that. And then we'll be done with it because I think he needs to get it out. After like, Friday, yes, like after yesterday. Friday, I'm a hundred percent down. Like it needs to happen because I'm also not that you heard it here first. I'm also going to pull the trigger on that bevel grinder. So, oh, like I'm a hundred percent pulling the trigger on it. Nice. I talked to. How do you I'm handle? How do you the, handle the financing of that? Like, so, do do so that here's through? the deal: is like I'll I'll send you the quote that I got. The terms on it are stupid, because not stupid in a bad way, stupid in a good way, because their terms are like. 25% down at, you know, confirmation, 25% down in three months, 40% down in like whenever they finish testing and then the rest down when they ship it. So like you actually kind of have like a built in six months, like you purchase yeah. it and just make like There's 25% like a, payment every three months. Their lead time is eight months. So it, it's like, <laughs> you have to come up with a hundred grand in eight months. Yes. <laughs> and it's like. Okay, that's, that's a lot on, of money, but it actually is doable when you break it down. And it's way. in chunks. It's not like it's all one lump sum. And the shipping is door to door. So I don't that would have be sweet to, so that when you have it, it'll actually be paid for, you know? Right. Right. Just plan your so, drops accordingly. You're like, okay, fifty percent of every drop. And they're turnkeying they're turnkeying right, your primaries too. They're turnkeying my primaries for me before I even get it. Oh, so you give them a model and they're building everything to be able to make it when it arrives. And I said, yeah, and I send them samples too, and they'll they'll grind samples for me. They said, How, "What's the footprint like on it?" <laughs> it's like eight foot by tiny. It's like pretty Damn. skinny. It's like a Swiss. Yeah, pretty much. Really it's like Swiss, Swiss size. Well, congratulations, yeah. man. That's that's awesome. That's <clears throat> thanks, dude. That's cool. Um, that's I'm, obviously I'm you guys gonna are gonna these. get hooked up on that. Uh, the bevel grinding. <laughs> Because I need to test some Sweet. shit out, obviously. I will for can... sure have a flat ground version of my knife. That there you go. That would be sick. Pay you to make. <clears throat> Honestly, that we'll keep that Swiss running. Just figure out your piece prices, and we'll just pay. That's the one nice thing. Like that's what like the old CKMU shop had going for it. Except for this is like a way better version all kinds of, of it. Cool shit. Is that yeah. like if everybody has the ability to do things, and you're just paying your friends to like keep their machines running, like it just yes. works out. Where they're like they everybody need it for wins. their stuff. So they're getting that made for free. But in the meantime, if they can be running stuff that they're getting paid for, for the people that they know, it's just spindle up time and everybody's yeah. winning, you know? Right. Especially if we can kind of standardize stuff like we were talking about earlier. It'd be nice have kind of some common components that we could share between them. Uh, yeah. You know, I've Dude, got honestly, a little bit of flexibility in mind. And I know my hardware is very similar to your stuff too, because it was all kind yeah, of designed around the, the same screw we did 10 years ago. People realize is like, you're pretty much everybody uses the same shit anyways because they get it all from Steve. It's yeah. just, you know, like it's not a problem to standardize hardware. I really don't think it is. It really know? should be standardized a little yeah. bit better. I mean, it sucks yeah. because every it's there's not that many guys that are designing stuff that's so specific that it really, really needs something custom. Um, I would say the majority of people that are buying hardware are just designing around that hardware anyways. Yeah. So they don't have to modify it. So. 
standardizing yeah, shit would be huge. Um, that's literally what I did. I yeah, I used all the uh, use all the standard 440 screws. But the only thing is that if if that pivot barrel was a little shorter, like by twenty thou, oh, it'd be perfect. Dude, that's the thing that's nice is that when you, <laughs> like when you have that programmed, like to be able to say, like, hey, we all use the same barrel, but like one guy needs it in a little bit of a different length. Like it's not that hard to just change that. Like super you know what I mean? easy, especially if it yeah. runs off of macros or anything. Yeah. Some yep. of them have custom, yep. like their own format of macros, but you could easily build it, exactly. especially if it's got like Fanuc macro B in there. You just put a variable for the overall length and then everything just goes to that stuff? length. It doesn't have any live tool. It has, so there's five stick tools, mm -hmm. radial turning tools. There's two radial live tools. And then there's three, um, there's three dead axial tool spots with three quarter bores, but there's enough room to put in like a coolant or air driven tool in there. So you can run some coolant or air driven live tooling axially for doing torques either in the main or the sub side. Okay. Uh, so I've already verified the fit on all that stuff. The main thing is I need to verify coolant pressure and all that. I mean, worst case you could just rotary broach it. Um, uh, but I don't, I don't really want to do that because it's not as clean. Uh, you can't get it as like crisp on the details especially if you don't want like the tool to touch the bottom of it or anything and scratch kind of thing. I know some of them are dished so that it only contacts at the outermost lobes of the Torx. That's one of the um, things that's nice about you being the one that has the Swiss is that you get to think about and solve these problems because yeah. your brain works that way. Yeah. But I'm the like, nice yeah, thing too, though, say, is that, man. yeah, I mean the worst, worst case, which I don't really want to rely on, but worst case, just do all the turning on it. And then if there's any radial milling, do that. Mill the Torx. Um, but just mill them, you know, just build a plate, screw all the shit in here and just mill a thousand torques at one time on here. Hundreds of T10s, you know, yeah. like, it's I don't not think... a very efficient thing, but like, yeah, it's like Alex is going, that... yeah, Alex is going through a lot of screws. Uh, I'm not going through that many right now. So I, I mean, if I ran one cycle with a hundred screws on it, it would be good for a while for me. Well, it's only actually 25 knives. It's but... just a pain running those tiny ass little tools, you know, like, yeah. I, I know when I was doing my T10s, I was using like a 0.4 ball, you know, it was like 15 yeah. thou or 14 thou. Yeah. It's <clears throat> but they held up for a long time. But it's you know, my cycle, I didn't like, I didn't uh, like really take the time to tweak it so that it was like really efficient. You know, I was going in with like a one and a half millimeter bull nose and gutting it out and then a 0.8 millimeter bull nose to cut the Torx profile on the chamfer and then a 0.4 to pick out the corners. Like I never really took the time to like, maximize like the cycle time i think it took like three minutes to cut a torx or something like that like, it didn't take long but because of that it also was a little bit of a pain in the ass you know i just yeah. sat there and screwed screws on one at a time onto a pivot barrel and hit oh, go but, but i did like 300 of them in like a day or two you know what i mean and then i didn't yeah. need them for like a while so it was like as long as you're batching that you know something like that I would think be a good an easy one where you just make a fixture that holds 200 in it and you do turn 200 pieces or whatever, thread them all in there, get them as tight as you can anyways. Yeah. And then let that shit run at night. I don't care if it mm -hmm. takes 12 hours, you know, just let yeah, it run. Right. I want to sleep anyways. Yeah. Well, whatever. and you can, and you could like use different <laughs> materials too. So you don't necessarily have to use titanium. You could use like a stainless and then it could be whatever. Yeah. Yeah. If you're a yeah. fucking peasant. Well, I want to be a peasant sometimes. <laughs> yeah. The Swiss run oil or coolant. It's it, he already converted it right now to run coolant, which yes, is nice. So you can cut turks without lighting it on fire. Yeah, I don't have to worry nice. about it. It is actually small enough to where I can just push it outside if I need to worry about that shit. Just pallet jacket outside and run some Zerk. 
Well, then my not, neighbor cut his trees the, down, so I don't have to worry about you that. You don't want the fucking machine to light on fire. Like no. John's. Fuck that shit. Did you so. see that video of John's Swiss lighting on fire when he was cutting? At US? Yeah. yeah. And he had that like suppressive, that $100,000 fire suppression software. Just exploded on the inside yeah. of the machine and put the fire out. Fire trace. Those things are actually pretty cool. They just run a really soft hose through there. There's a couple different systems, but it's basically a pressurized hose. Yeah. It's a it's a soft it's a basically a low melting point hose that runs around the top of the enclosure. And if they melt, it releases the gas that you can either it's either the uh the suppressant in the tube or it's just a pressurized line that then drops or it opens up a solenoid that then feeds the uh the fire suppressant into the machine. And they say Ooh. that you can actually, they say that you can be back up and running within an hour. Like it doesn't contaminate anything oh, that's like cool. an actual oh, that's, fire extinguisher. That's sick. Yeah. So that's kind of one of their whole selling points is that they're super easy to integrate. Um, it, it, they'll automatically e-stop the machine as well. Um, so anytime that it loses pressure just from heat or especially from fire, it's, yeah, it'll shut everything down and then just put the smother the fire. You go in there, you wipe it all up, you clean it all out and you just start running again. So pretty sick, cool. dude. Well, yeah. guys, I hate to cut you off. I got somebody walking through the door here in five minutes. No, so we got to wrap it, yeah. this episode up. But yeah, yeah, yeah it does feel good to be back. Too. Oh, thank you for whatever that is that you sent me. It's just Bamboo X1 hy- Carbon, it, and I just bought no, this fruit. It's meaningless. for uh, hydration. It was, it, I was hoping you'd still be sick. Not really, but it's for hydration. I, I'm trying to stay hydrated. There you go. There you so go. There you go. I'm, I'm going to tip into it, man. I, I was... I realized when I got sick how woefully dehydrated I was. And, like, usually I'm pretty good about drinking water. But being out of town and stuff, and even, like, being in, like, the drier California climate, you know, and then not drinking enough water. Like, I was surprised, like, well, then I was in the sun baking at the Chargers game on Sunday and, like, drinking and, like, not drinking water. And that was actually, I think that was one of the things that got me was, like, getting all fucked up at the Chargers game in the 85-degree weather directly into sleeping for two hours and then coming home with a fucking fever. Like, I think that, that kicked off my sickness in a way that I wasn't oh, yeah. really anticipating. So, well, guys, it was a pleasure. Um, I'm glad to be back. And yeah, uh, same. you guys have a happy Thanksgiving, too. For the, you know, yeah, you too, dude. The yeah, you too, man. Um, yeah, everybody. I hope you guys enjoy your holiday. And I will be hitting you up as soon as this bamboo shows up so that I can start making some cool stuff. Sweet. As soon as you install Fusion again. Yeah, actually. Oh, I'm going to do that right now, actually. Nice. Nice. All right, guys. Well, thanks for listening, cool, everybody. Uh, we look forward to catching up with you next week. This is uh, Sharpen Perspectives. You guys have a great day. Appreciate Thank it, man. Thanks, guys.